0: We are challenging the stigmatization of normal human suffering, and we are done pretending and subscribing to the notion that it is taboo to have challenging mental health experiences. Welcome to the Pretty Mental Health
1: Club, and enjoy the show. Pretty Mental family, welcome back. We missed you with our whole souls. It's been seven days too long. Welcome back.
0: (laughs) Hello, hello, Pretty Mental familia. We got together for another solo conversation today and it was such a juicy, juicy conversation. We got to unpack the, the conflict that has existed for a very long time between academia and Western medicine and spirituality and how that has impacted some of our interactions on this podcast, how that's impacted me, Paula, in the way that I've given myself permission to speak and talk about mental health and Yeah, so we just kind of unpacked all of that and the power that exists in freeing ourselves to allow more spirituality and faith to join us on this healing journey because there is no way that our beliefs and the power of our words and the power of our intentions are not playing a role in the daily experience that we are having on this earth.
1: And we talked about a few other things that y'all are just going to have to dive in and tune in with us for. This was an awesome conversation. This was exciting. And you guys, if you're on video, you get to see my entire house turn dark because the sunset. If you're not on video, what are you doing? Come be on video with us.
0: Come join us on YouTube.
1: And with that pretty mental family, take in a deep breath with us. tune in. We open up the space, calling in our higher selves, calling in all of the energies that walk with us in this lifetime, calling in our full authenticity, grounding ourselves in, opening up ourselves to the divine, to our spirits. aligning with the highest vibration of love and may all energies that are not aligned with this fall away. We open ourselves up for whatever messages wanna come through for the highest healing of ourselves, our community, everyone they come in contact with and for the highest healing of the planet. We open up our throat chakras, and may we speak our truth. The portal is now open. We're back in black. (laughs) ATL, I love you. I am repping you today, courtesy of Levi's. This is a Levi's (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. What's up, Paula? are you doing i'm good i am good i am great i can't believe the sun sets at in la at this is magical around the winter time it starts setting around 4:44 4:44 p.m. but that's crazy how early is that that's really early yeah
0: it's so early. what it's 6 6:30 here and it's pitch black oh wow What time this is a sunset in atlanta it starts around 5 So it's really interesting because I have these big windows behind me when I'm talking with clients and my 5 p.m. client can see the whole transition of the strange light hitting my face through the blinds and then it moves. Oh, yeah. And then it's it's golden hour and then it's nighttime. And all of that happens within the span of one hour. So my 5 p.m. client gets to witness the whole sunset happening behind me.
1: That happens with me, with my breathwork clients in the morning, they like, I'm like constantly chasing the light. I have like half my, cause I have a ton of windows in my place too. So it's yeah. weird glares.
0: Yeah, I have to run from it, but I have to run from the light cause there's so much of it that I'm like, hi, can you see me? Um, but yeah, how are you? How are you doing? I'm good. I am,
1: what is new? This week has been almost a blur. If people have been listening to our podcast for, I don't know, a few months now, you guys have heard, did you, do you hear that little weird glitchy sound?
0: For half a second.
1: Okay. Who knows what that is, but aliens come through. We open up the portal for whatever energies want to come through. This if they are for the highest good of all. <laughs> if you are aligned in love, if you are not aligned in love, get out. We have autonomy over this space. This is our sacred space. You are not allowed. If you've been with me for a few months with us, I've talked about how sometimes there will be days where I feel like I spun, like all the portals open up, and I feel like I'm walking naked, like like metaphorically, and I can't tell the difference between any dimensions, like nothing feels very concrete. Everything feels open, 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 open. Like all of the energies are open. All of the timelines have meshed. Everything is here at once. And on those days thinking in a linear way for me is so hard. And at first it would give me so much anxiety because that's just what I'm used to operating in, in this 3D realm. And somehow, I actually want to look up the date and see when it first started, because it happened in, I think, December of 2020. And I want to know if it happened on like the same day and see if there's any synchronistic moment with that. But yeah, it used to give me so much anxiety, but now I just, I know what to expect on these days. I'm like, all right, today is the day where I'm not going to try to figure my brain out. I'm not going to try to figure this world out. I'm not... The only option for me on those days is to listen to my heart. That is literally the only thing that keeps me sane and keeps me grounded. Because if I try to tap into my mind, my mind will be like "Ah, you are not okay. This world is, and I go into my heart and everything is just like peace, tranquility, ease, joy, love. I understand my existence. So that's what was going on for me this weekend. (laughs) Casual Casual. day in the life. Day in the life of Valentina Sinistra. And then it kind of bled into, what day is it? Wednesday? It kind of has not fully left, honestly. But it's not as powerful as it was on
0: Saturday and Sunday. On... (laughs) I know because I talked to you on the phone that day. We're cracking up because we lose our patience with each other when we're going through this whole editing process. You're like, Paula, I don't have it in me right now.
1: Because we were trying to go uh, back and forth with our our friend, I guess we can call him a friend now, who's helping us upload these on YouTube. And I... I was like, yeah, my brain just stopped functioning. And it's so funny because thankfully we're more conscious now and just we've developed in our maturity because in the past we wouldn't have recognized that we were getting frustrated and probably just been like, are you not paying attention? Do you, Mm -hmm. do you not hear me? And this time we're just like, Oh, I feel anger rising. (laughs) But then we just make a joke out of it. And then we're like, why are we like this?
0: Uh, And we recognize that we're about to start cussing each other out for absolutely no reason whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it and we're nothing so, to do. no we're so similar that like right when I know I need to jump off the phone
1: it's probably the exact same time you need to jump off the phone and we're like okay yeah. we gotta go okay yes great bye
0: yeah or we could just you know in that moment start at this point it's so funny and so we're so conscious of it that we can bring in the joke of like let's start cussing each other out <laughs> just for fun let's just go at each other and see if we can release some energy but Not taking it personally. No. Thank God. That's the nice thing about, yeah, that's the nice thing about conscious relationships.
1: Yeah, when you're both on the journey together.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. That then if somebody starts getting mad, you can almost just laugh at it. And if everyone is aware of their own triggers to take it back to last week's conversation, then it doesn't have to be personal. It doesn't have to be personal, but- yeah it's super helpful for days that are more raw for more mental health challenging to be able to do that for sure. Yes. yes, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know what was in the air this week, but I feel like a lot of challenges were coming up for a lot of people this week, a little bit more than usual.
1: Mm. What yeah I'm people, like-
0: people, people were. More in rots. I fell in a rut yesterday. I could barely keep my eyes open. Mm. I was thinking about you because I know that happens to you on certain days that are psychically more draining. Yes, yes. Yeah, I could barely keep my eyes open. And then I would have certain clients saying the same thing. They'd be like, I'm just so tired right now. And I'm like, is it, am I tired because I'm tired or am I tired because you're tired? (laughs) (laughs) which is another really interesting thing of becoming more conscious uh, that you start recognizing or you start becoming more aware that not every single energy that you feel belongs to you. And that can help just also for not taking things personally within yourself. It's interesting because I actually just took a boundaries class this past Sunday that I was telling you a little bit about it was an Energetic Boundaries class. And for me, it's cool to start to be opening up to taking classes on something like Energetic Boundaries, because it brings in a lot of spiritual concepts. And I've always done that in my free time, but I would say that I've never really given myself permission to bring my academic mind fully, maybe I have a little bit, but taking classes and listening to somebody teach about spirit and listening to somebody teach about energy. And I mean, I will say that the academic in me definitely during that class would be, I I would have my moments where I'm like, cite your sources. (laughs) (laughs) I feel what you though. Lineage, what lineage are you getting this information
1: from? I think a, a good level of skepticism is always, it's a smart thing to bring into our human existence and our interactions. Yeah. But yeah. With, if you have an academic brain, it's like next level. Oh I feel yeah. Like. Yeah,
0: for sure. I mean, we are trained especially if you have a science degree, which I do, I have a bachelor's of science in psychology. So I, it was a ton of science training at UGA to get my uh, psychology degree. And everything was about cite your sources. Google definitely doesn't count. Um, uh, is it peer reviewed articles? Is, I mean, all these scientific concepts that it, are, are the results measurable. Everything has to be evidence-based. And that is the premise on which Western psychology has largely been built and Western medicine has largely been built. And I mean, Valentina, you and I were having a conversation about this the other day because you started publicly speaking about spirit and energy. I came out of the closet (laughs) (laughs) more freely definitely before I did. And it's interesting because I've always had a connection. I've always had a spiritual connection. I mean, when I was in sixth grade, I used to wake up early before class, like what middle schooler does this before class on my own, I would light a candle and do yoga before I even knew that yoga existed. And I always had this kind of spiritual music playing. I was very aware of the impact that different environments had on me. There was always a lot of depth to me, but I also had a very intellectual side. And, it, you know, just like we were having this, call, co- it's funny because we were having this conversation privately, but now I'm bringing pretty mental family into it. Um, Valentina and I were really taking a look at the other day at how this academic training and essentially conditioning shuts a lot of us off that are more academically minded from believing in messages from spirit or from feeling comfortable talking about it. I mean, I can't imagine going into my lab and being, and being like, well, spirit told me this message last night. Spirit says, (laughs) then we should not go forward (laughs) with this study. Spirit told me that we don't, you know, we don't need evidence. And it's interesting because that's what faith is, right? That's what faith is. Faith has so much to do with, it's just what I felt. It's what my instincts have told me, but in this Western world, in this Western medicine world, in Western psychology, now it's starting to change a little bit but for a very long time it's been strict science and i'm not enough of a historian to be able to tell you when that fully happened but i know that at least in the united states there's been a separation of church and state and i think that religion with their dogmas and just with people's fears of us imposing our religious beliefs on each other, academia, I'm not sure when, began dividing the two things. That if we're gonna study the body, we're gonna study medicine, or if we're gonna study the psyche, we need to leave religion out of it. And by default, that also means spirituality because all of that to, to avoid, that kind of conflict, but also because science is all about evidence and evidence-based results. And can you replicate the finding? And when we start stepping into the world of spiritual language or spirit, there probably is some, there's some studies that could happen. I think Joe Dispenza does a really great job of bridging that gap, but at least as far as I've experienced, and I've been out of grad school for a few years now, there isn't a lot of room for spirituality to be welcome into this conversation of medicine or even psychology. And the interesting thing that, you know, I think back to it when I was looking for a place to kind of get my foot back into the psychology world or looking for a healer that resonated with me. I ended up going to this place in Atlanta and I chose her because she was completely unafraid to to say things like spirit and spirituality and soul. And when I was in that moment, I was going through a really hard time in my life and seeing that she was open to talking about that made me feel more comfortable because it felt like, she was willing to look beneath the surface and not just go by exactly what's written in a book. Mm -hmm. And it's an interesting territory to navigate because if we're gonna, for me as a clinician and with an academic background, who also is a healer, if we're gonna start within my realm, if we're gonna start bringing in spirit into the conversation, we also have to be so aware of not imposing that the way that we relate to spirit on clients. And I think that it's been around people's fears of clinicians or just humans not being able to navigate that territory in a fully conscious and responsible way that made our f- our field in many ways separate the two things. And now with psychedelics, it's starting to come back because we can't avoid it. People after a psychedelic trip, one of the major findings is that uh, I know in a recent study they did at John Hopkins, it was like one third of participants said that it was the most spiritually significant experience that they had had in their life. And then 70% of the participants said that it was in the top five most spiritually significant experiences of their life. And we can't avoid it anymore. And although that's been a part of me for a long time, the academic has also been a part of me. And I'm sure if you guys have been listening to this podcast for since we created it, you've probably noticed or maybe not, but I have almost been playing Valentina's PR person. Um. <laughs> 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 because when you would start when you started talking about spirit on this podcast and me coming off of getting this graduate degree and taking my career very seriously, I, I would almost like, <laughs> <laughs> like, what is, she, what is she talking about? She I'm wasn't sure ready, you
1: guys. She wasn't ready <laughs> I'm for not, this rainbow soul. I'm not
0: sure that I can point to an evidence-based study to back this up. What if somebody questions it? Can this be, you know, just my own anxiety because of the way that I was initiated into healing through academia, essentially. Although I also did mindfulness and That was a different avenue, but a ton of my training to prepare me for this was academic. Um, So, yeah, so I've been (laughs) confession time, coming clean time, self-awareness time. I have been kind of trying to, in little sideways, trying to play Valentina's PR person (laughs) because of my own fear.
1: (laughs) That's so funny.
0: It is funny when you think about it, but coming out of the spiritual closet is such a real thing. Yeah. For anybody that has kind of followed my path or for a lot of people that have followed my path, mix that in with survival mode, mix that in with we have to employ that kind of mentality, mix that in with just the way that our systems are set up. And a lot of us become fearful of talking about things that can't be seen and can't be technically proven because they don't exist in the realm of matter, but they exist in the realm of the unseen, which we really sit there and think about it. How could we, how can that not be real?
1: Yeah, I mean, what keeps popping up in my mind as you're speaking is let's take this even further than separation of church and state. Like if we look at religion, even within religion, we are not trained to follow our intuition. And intuition is essentially spirit. We're trained to follow a, a man, a an entity, you know? We're trained to follow a specific person, not, not ourselves. And when you think about spirituality, spirituality is all about autonomy and listening to to spirit, listening to your inner self. Like what is right for you? Where are you being guided? when we tap into our spirits, ultimately we tap into total liberation. And that's a threat to society because society likes rules. The systems need you to fall in line because that is how they feel safe. They're afraid of people being free, totally free. And when you listen to your spirit, it is impossible to not, when you have a relationship with your spirit that is very, very strong, it is almost impossible to to do anything that strongly goes against what your spirit is saying. And that's a threat to society.
0: Yeah. And it makes a lot of people uncomfortable who've built their reality around evidence. And there's a sense of control in that. Yeah, And I, I need to be able to measure the exact, I need to be able to point to the exact neurotransmitters that are present in this chemical reaction. I need to be able to point to the exact region in the brain that is responsible for the suffering. I need to be able to look at it from a physical standpoint in a way that can be measurable, or at least behavioral in a way that can be measurable so that I can, at least in Western psychology, put a diagnosis on you. And then I know what I'm Handling, and then we know what we're going to do moving forward. But as we've said in so many podcasts past, that is a very simplified, flattened view of the human being. And I find that if clients don't feel like they have permission to tap into anything greater than themselves, even if that's just the natural world. Because there's so many, I mean, there's so many different variations of how people choose to connect to something greater than themselves. And for some people, it may just be nature. But even if it's just kind of tapping into something that's greater than ourselves and not in connecting to that, healing is way more difficult. Because if we believe that all that is, is just us, then everything thing or it feels very frail it feels very frail and if we don't have something to connect to I mean even when you're doing IFS the internal family systems work that I described it starts becoming very spiritual because you start connecting to an essence we call it self with a capital s a sense of yourself that is bigger than your story that is bigger than than all these little parts of who you are and it's almost indescribable and that's what holds everything and we can ex- do our best to explain what that is through language, but it's an experience. And when people are able to access that or tap into that, or psychedelics give them access to that, or the natural world gives them access, tapping into that energy that is almost un- unconditioned energy. The the aspect of us that is there before the stories, that is there before all these things that are happening when we can tap into that it facilitates healing because suddenly you don't feel like this lonely little bobhead thing just in this very complex possibly dangerous universe you're able to surrender to something greater and I mean when you're talking about things like anxiety are super important to have something bigger than yourself to surrender to because anxiety is all about wanting to maintain control. Mm -hmm. And if we're not able to kind of bring that into the conversation, then the only methods that are available to us are pharmaceuticals or behavioral or trying to use logic to reason our way out of emotional experiences. And
1: yeah, I mean, I, I, it's, it can be really scary when you finally wake up to your own autonomy and your own inner God and your own spirit and you realize how deeply you are co-creating the reality that you exist in and you're co-creating everything that you are interacting with, you know, it's scary because then you're like, oh my God, mom, dad, you know, like... In some ways, we've used the government and rules and outsourcing our own power. Woo. Do you hear that long, big car drive by? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, but barely.
1: Um, In many ways right now, we're outsourcing our own power by turning to these authoritative figures. It makes us feel safe, but we're outsourcing our own power. And when we turn back inwards and we really take full responsibility of that, it can be really, really scary. It can be really scary. And then when you're able to continue to move in that journey and ground down and stabilize your nervous system as all of these changes are happening, as you're waking up to spirit, as you're happening, as you're having spiritual awakenings, it can be one of the most liberating things you've ever experienced. And it becomes super magical. Like you've heard me say many times in this podcast, sometimes life is like. Oh, I have to ground myself down because the amount of magic coming at me is like, whoa, whoa. It feels like Harry Potter land where you think of something and then there it is. You see, there's like the time span between your thoughts and your desires and what you want to create and what actually physically manifests. It just shortens. And there it is. And it's super liberating. And in so many ways, when we get in touch with our own spirit, we get in touch with our humanity. And a lot of how the systems are built right now, it's built to ignore our own humanity. To ignore that inner child, to ignore that creative energy that flows through us. Which again, to me, it all ties back to spirit. We're put into a system and then we're made, essentially we're made into robots. We're made to, to squash that part of our inner child in order to 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 follow the rules in order to act a certain way, in order to be normal, normal, quote unquote, whatever that is. So when you get back to who you really are, you almost make a pact to to fuck normal. You know, I don't even know what that is anymore. I don't know. I just know, do I see me? I don't care if all you see me, but do I see me? Because that you realize that by seeing yourself, by coming in touch with yourself, by grounding down in your own truth and by having that that faith, it's I don't know, it becomes almost the only way to live the more and more you get in, into it, and the more and more you accept and sub, accept your own humanity, accept your own your spirit.
0: It takes you back to that inner guidance system. Yeah, absolutely yeah so that we're not just always looking for rules or things outside of ourselves or feel that we don't have permission to acknowledge certain experiences or messages that we're getting just because it's not measurable or evidence based, yeah, <laughs> or evidence based, right? yeah yeah, it's 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 opening up space for the mysterious, it's opening up space for the things that can't be seen and recognizing that those energies are also real.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I posted about my initiations and I know that's something that, that we wanted to dive into. And that's a huge part of this conversation is in the past, I attribute a lot of my, like when I think about depression, I don't I don't how i see my depression is i was asleep to myself partially right there's partial things of course there was the environment that i was in had a a lot to do with it so i felt stuck but a big part of it was my um, me being asleep to myself me not knowing that i am way more in charge of this life thing than i was led to believe because when i woke up to all of that a lot i mean my depression went away. And a lot of things that come into my life now, how I see it, a lot of like the hardships that come into my life, they're not just things that are happening to me. It's not just life happening to me. It's very much an initiation of life testing me. And Testing is almost such a harsh word. It's not like life is here to, are you gonna fall? I don't think it's that. I think it's, hey, I'm gonna put up this challenge because I wanna see you rise because you came to this life to be the highest the the most potent incarn the most potent you that you came to be right like you came on a you came to to fulfill you to fulfill who valentina is supposed to be in this lifetime so we're going to put these things in front of you just to to keep waking you up to show you your own power to get you a little bit out of your comfort zone To make sure that you're not falling into any kind of illusion. So you can step up, so you can keep growing. It's like a video game. You make it to the next the next point. And I think in the past, when when the depression, it was easier for me to have depression because things would happen and I'd be like, oh my God, enough, enough. You know, like I just want to be happy. I want to be okay. I want to like, why does this keep happening? And now when things happen, I'm like, okay, this is an initiation. Thank you. This is scary as fuck, but thank you. Because Ultimately, I know you wouldn't put anything in front of me to make me fall or to make me fail or to keep me in a place of fear or to keep me in a place of depression. I know that this is here so I can look at it. I can see what's trying to be released and I can take the path so I can get to the next level of my video game. And go ahead.
0: Do you find yourself talking? Well, I know you do. I just I just kind of want to bring that in you talk out loud a lot right almost in prayer I mean you do it at the beginning of this podcast so
1: yeah yeah yes uh, yes yes I don't feel alone I don't feel alone ever I'm always having a conversation with my spirit with with yeah my guides with the energies around me
0: you know before I took this class on on this last Sunday The the night before I was talking to my friend and he was like, I told him I was taking this class and I was just like, I'm taking a boundaries class. It's an energetic boundaries class. that's going to bring in teachings from different shamanic lineages and different spiritual lineages. And he was just like, okay, okay. How often do you pray? And I was just like, I journal, I get answers through my journal. That is a form of prayer. Essentially, I come back to my center. I come back into the silence. That's, I to me, that's a form of returning to my essence, to that incorruptible source energy that I believe all are stemming from, that we're all born from. But I don't really talk out loud to spirit, and I. No, I I started thinking about it. And I remember that I used to, because I grew up praying. We grew up Catholic. So every night before I went to sleep, I would say things out loud. I had all my prayers that I would say out loud or in the middle of the day, if I needed to, I might say a prayer out loud. But when I was in my teenage years, when I started questioning the Teachings of the Catholic religion because the God that they were teaching me about didn't line up with what felt to be true for me. It's almost like prayer belonged to religion. And I stopped using it. And I even felt funny using it because I'm like, I don't know who I'm talking to now. (laughs) I don't know who I'm talking to. So I don't know. I'm just going to journal and the answers come through, but I don't use my voice. And after this boundaries class, there was so much about set your intention. And she was she did all these prayers for us at the end and essentially use your voice and say things out loud. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing that a little bit more this week. And it does help to bring the whatever message you're trying to get through, it's helped to make it more real.
1: There's so much plow- power in declaring. And in, in, allowing, yeah, allowing your voice out, you make it almost more concrete. You're telling yourself, okay, you almost, it like makes you believe more. And so you can get in a place of receptivity. Cause if you're just ruminating and it's almost the same thing of like, when you have these things just ruminating in your mind and everyone is just like, write it down. And then to help you clear out the space, there's just something powerful in getting it out. It makes it more concrete.
0: Yeah, it does. It does. So I've been reclaiming that for myself this past week. Um, some email thing just sounded, <laughs> but I've been reclaiming that for myself this past week. And I can feel it. And it's interesting because I kind of feel like a newborn baby choosing my voice in this that lighting way. just
1: doo dooed all over my face. Hold on.
0: <laughs> really?
1: Oh, I look purple. Okay, there I am. Sorry y'all, <laughs> video people will understand.
0: Um, so, so there's something to say about that. Because even, even, okay, it's funny, there's so many paradoxical things in me that I'm like, why did, I, why did I give myself permission to do it in this arena, but not in that arena? For example, when I'm doing hypnotherapy for clients, I'm using my voice so powerfully. I'm based on what we agree on that they want to move towards because I work with them to create that script. We use the voice to help rewire the subconscious and we use speaking it. You don't say I want to be less tired. You say I am full of energy. Energy is just pulsating through my being and just allowing yourself to let it be a full body experience as you say that. And it starts getting wired into your your neurobiology, and so then it goes from your voice to physical, to I guess m- more real. There's different levels of real as we're addressing in this conversation. But you use your voice, you let it be a full body experience that makes it an emotional memory that makes the the information get more easily wired into your brain because when we associate an emotional experience with a memory or with a teaching, it just, we're emotional beings. It just gets hardwired that much faster. And when I use my voice, I give myself an opportunity to let whatever I'm saying be a more full-bodied, emotional sensory experience, which makes it that much more concrete. It makes it that much more of a moment in time that I can remember. Yeah. If I have a, if I have a thought about what I would want my day to be, I'm not gonna remember when I had that thought. But I remember when I was over there earlier by my plant, when I was cooking and I I I did a prayer, I set an intention and I spoke out loud. I remember that moment and it made it an experience. So it's interesting to allow ourselves to bring in our voice Mm-hmm. Into this mental health journey of declaring our well-being, because even even if in psychedelics, for example, if, when you when you have a psychedelic journey, when you take a psychedelic medicine, it doesn't stay in your body for an indefinite amount of time. Most of these things are out of your system; they're definitely out of your system within a day. So we can't say that the change that that person is experiencing is neurochemical necessarily, because it's not like when you're taking a pharmaceutical, you're receiving that dose of chemical on a daily basis. And that's why you feel different. But if the psychedelic just goes through your body in one moment, in one, in a few hours, and then it's gone, then how come you continue to experience the benefits of it? And there is some, some opening up and, and it does help your brain sprout new branches essentially. But a huge part of it is that it's an experience. It's an experience. It's the experience is what they're finding is that changes people. In the experience being so profound that you don't forget it. Kind of like when a child is born or when a parent dies or something, one of those big life markers, it's an experience. And experiences can definitely change us if they go emotional enough. And so tying that back to this, this practice of using your voice, when we do that, we get to allow whatever intention we want to set, whatever belief system we want to invite in to be more of an experience rather than just a fleeting thought. It's kind of like we're taking it and claiming it and feeling it and experiencing it and cementing it and making it more concrete. And that's probably why prayer has been such a powerful practice in contemplative traditions and in religious traditions, because it brings in so many different elements of the human body. Mm -hmm.
1: And something that you're saying that that I want to touch on is the power of intention. So the power of intention is everything. My God. Can you...
0: Sorry, hear, can you yeah. guys hear the sirens? Okay, I hear Welcome to Atlanta. At this <laughs> point, <laughs> every Atlanta. time we're
1: welcome to Atlanta, where the players play. Uh, what was the other thing? Yeah, I live right da, by da, 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 right da, near Peachtree. Like every tree. day. Um, don't tell these people where you live. I'm not not the, you, these people. You guys aren't these people. Just any random. This is the internet. Web. Anyway,
0: dude, it's a it's, it's a, really a big, big street. it's a big road. It's a big road. It's a really big road, but I definitely get my fair share of ambulances and fire trucks and, and cops riding by. It's all part and parcel. It's all part of the meditation, but do continue every time. Say about we,
1: Every t- Just real quick. Every time we say that stuff on the, uh, not every time, but a lot of times when we're like, did you just hear that later when I'm editing and listening to it? There's nothing. So half of the <laughs> things that we hear, they don't hear.
0: <laughs> I All right, don't guys, think. we're gonna stop. We're gonna stop announcing every little anyway. sound effect that every little sound effect that happens in the background. And if you guys hear it, you hear it. But yes, intention. It.
1: The power of intention. Yeah. I believe in intention with my whole body, soul, and every cell in my being. And this is something that I have become very intentional about is setting intentions before I have hard conversations. But and this is again, I mean, at this point, I just operate almost fully in spirit with everything. And this is part of my, just the way that I live my life. And I had a really hard conversation with someone a few months ago. And before this is when I first started this one, this practice, before I went into the conversation, I meditated and I called in their spirit and I spoke to their spirit. And I talk to them because I, I believe even if someone in front of me doesn't, isn't spiritual, I still believe in their spirit. I have a conversation with their spirit before we meet, before we talk, before we, and I, and I call in the intention of a beautiful co-creation of whatever needs to happen is may we see it as a a growing process. May we both be grounded enough to communicate, you know, our truth in the moment and and open hearted enough to communicate our truth. and, and. and listen to each other's truth and, and that conversation, that particular conversation I'm thinking about, I mean, like I literally called in the conversation. It was like a replica almost, it was was potentially could have been a really hard conversation and it ended up being the most beautiful, open-hearted, intentional conversation ever. And that is how I act before I go anywhere. As you saw, if you guys follow me on Instagram, that's the same post about initiation. I talked about intention my intention before i went to costa rica was show me parts of my spirit that i haven't yet uncovered and i got it and i'm still getting it and it's the same thing before we go into this podcast may we open up ourselves for the messages that need to come through for the highest healing of ourselves and the highest healing of our community and everyone they come in contact with for the highest healing of the planet you know, my intention every single day: may I wake up and see everything that comes. May may I see the magic and the miracles that are in front of me in every single moment. Because then you start opening your eyes, up, your hearts up to everything that is around you, to the beautiful, to, to to spaces where you can, instead of react, you can grow, to spaces of beauty, to spaces of joy. Intention to me is one of the biggest. It's like a, it's a like a magic wand you know, <laughs> it literally yeah. is. Yeah. It's so powerful. So I really wanted to touch base on that and just invite anyone who's listening, just to start practicing, setting intentions before meetings, before conversations, before you go on a date, you know, may, if you're nervous, I actually did this with a friend. She was nervous to go on a date and I'm like, just set the intention, speak, speak to spirit and and ask, you know, may the, I'm calling in the best case scenario even if it's not a romantic flame that comes up, may I learn something new from this person? May they open me up to a part of myself that I haven't yet uncovered. And she came back and she was like, dude, that was the best fucking date ever. Like that was, it was so good. And I don't believe it's a coincidence. I'm not, there's so much power and not in, in living life on purpose, in purpose. Nothing is by
0: coincidence. On purpose, in purpose. Yeah. The in, intention has got to be powerful because, you know, as you're saying, when you set an intention about how you're going to go through your day and the intention is I'm going to, I I intend to find opportunities on this day. I intend to find all the opportunities of, of growth. I intend to find all the magic in this day. It is powerful because it sets it's kind of the brain is such a powerful operating machine that it's almost like giving it instructions. Mm-hmm. That's when we, that's when we start stepping into the realm of letting the mind be our servant and not our master. That's actually using this operating machinery in a way that's very conscious. Cause if you say, okay, that's what my intention is. And you're telling that I'm you're giving those instructions to your brain. Your brain is now on the, assignment of finding every little piece of that as you go throughout your day. And it's even going to be able to see it in places where you would normally not see it because also it's a our brain is a great pattern recognition organ and it, it can group things together and make patterns even where there are none. And so if we set that intention, that's what our brain is going to be looking for. And it's going to find evidence of that. We find evidence of what we look for. Mm-hmm. That's something that we know for sure. That's why, that's a, one of the biggest reasons why people have gotten so divided in our society, because everyone is looking for evidence of what they already know. And that's kind of, we could call it the shadow of this, but we can also use that propensity of our mind to heal ourselves, yes. to have a more beautiful experience on this earth begin to call in evidence from the universe that powerful
1: tip number two, if we had an editor for this, it would be on the screen. Number two. Ooh, okay. So the other day, I, the other day, Tuesday, yesterday, I don't fucking know time is but a concept. I um, was having a really hard day. I got some, um some news delivered to me and it's, Shook me up, man. It shook me up, and I, because of just how I've trained myself at this point, I'm like, okay, initiation. <laughs> Here we go. This is an initiation, and I dropped a, for me. Exercise, running, is a way that I get a lot of my downloads when I can clear my mind out enough to to let things pour to see evidence of the miracles around me, just to be out in nature, and I went outside and I went on a run and I called on the universe. I was like, I know, I know nothing is random. That's a belief of mine. That's a core belief of mine. I have core beliefs that I turn to in every single moment when life feels frail. I'm like, okay, these beliefs were good when things were good. And they're going to be good when things were bad, when things are bad, quote unquote. One of my beliefs is that it's all happening for me and I trust and I surrender. So I was running and I was like, okay, I, I trust. And I know that this is all for my highest good. And this is for my rising. And I'm excited to see what this turns out like. Just show me some signs that, like, that's still what's happening here. <laughs> that I'm still good. Show me some signs. And a big sign for me, numerology is huge for me the numbers, the repeating numbers. And I, um, God, I swear I keep hearing these like glitchy sounds. Do you hear that? no here we this go. one was this <laughs> one was internal there wasn't external it was sounded like some microphone shit so anyway good I'm happy that you don't um so i'm I'm running and I let me just pull up my telephono because I want to show you this I'm i'm I called on the to see some signs and as I'm running I then see. A car drive past me like not too long after I called this out. And the license plate, this is how I see a license plate speak to me, is 777. And I was on taking that picture let like that car with the license plate 111 goes by. And then I kept running. And then I see another, I'm just counting them out. I see another 777. And then I see a 999, an 888. <laughs> and then I see a 333, another 333, and then a 222. All of that within. My run. And for me, from my experience, like that doesn't happen to me in less than an hour, that many back to back to back to back. That was me calling in from signs from the universe. And regardless of how that sounds to other people, if they want to think about it as coincidence or not, like that is what I needed in order to be like, okay, thank you. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep trusting. I'm going to keep surrendering. I'm going to keep showing up for myself and I'm going to keep grounding. And I, Call on a lot. I call on the universe a lot when I am going through something shaky. Like, hello, do you uh, just just give me a little something, something so I can keep going, so I can, you know, and something always delivers. It'll deliver it through a, a phrase in a sound in a song that you hear, you know, either if it's auditory, sensory, visible, something. It'll come in. It'll come in in one way or another. And you'll start seeing just how deeply the universe has your back.
0: Something that I'm believing more and more is that it's really, really valuable for all of us to take the time to decide what that version of something greater than ourselves is. It doesn't have to be the same as mine and Valentina's, doesn't have to be the same as anybody else's, but just to take the time and set the intention to find what that is for you so that you have somewhere to direct your voice when it's time to call on those messages when it's time to 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 speak support manifesting into your life when it's time to assert what your intention is just to have somewhere to direct your energy because I think that's where I found myself getting stumped a lot throughout the years, even though I knew I just wasn't spending enough time to really make that more clear in my mind. And as humans, we, we, we are wired for belief systems right or wrong or however we want to make of it. It's got to be there for a reason.
1: We need some rules for how we operate in this, on this earth. That's just our, our, yeah.
0: And even when I'm, when I'm hearing you talk and I'm, my brain is always going to like the skeptic side, the spirit side, the skeptic side, the spirit side. All
1: stays being my devil's advocate. Y'all <laughs> a day in the life of Valentina. Not only do I have initiations, but I have a devil's advocate on my shoulder. It's okay. Well, for the highest actually, healing yeah.
0: of the planet, <laughs> actually, it's not even a, maybe it is, maybe not you decide. I'm hearing you talk about that and I'm like, okay, thinking back to like my past skeptical self, even though there's another part of me that isn't skeptical, but then thinking about people listening in that are skeptical and they're like, okay, well, what are the chances you could just, I mean, numbers happen all the time. Like you can't take numbers that seriously. But then in my own mind, I kind of went back to that and I was like, okay, well, yeah, maybe. Is it possible that it was just random? Sure. Sure why not? But is it also possible that it was divine and sacred? Sure. Why not? And if we choose to go down the route of aligning with that and giving ourselves permission to believe that it was divine and sacred, that is going to immediately shift your neurobiology. It just is because the brain is a chemical factory, an electrochemical factory that is constantly responding to our environment. And it's also constantly responding to itself and to the thoughts that we are having. So if we are choosing to align with the side of things being divine and sacred more often, we are setting ourselves up for healthier brains. So even if the only thing you want is just from a purely mental health, Physical perspective, it benefits us to challenge that inner skeptic. Yeah. And it benefits us to, <laughs> you're so happy. See, that wasn't as much of a devil's advocate situation. <laughs>
1: All drama. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, SD flashback. Yeah. No, I love what you're saying so much because this reminds me of a conversation that I had with my brother, Sebastian, a while back ago that I've referenced. I just interrupted you. Do you need to keep going? Shout out,
0: Sebastian. No,
1: (laughs) I, yeah, when we, and I've mentioned this before, but he, uh, we were on the phone and he I don't know how the conversation went exactly, but basically my response to it was like, you know what? I'm just gonna like fuck around and call in the best case scenario. I'm done being anxious about the worst case scenario because at this point it's a 50-50 chance. So why am I gonna put energy into one? And If I'm gonna make something up about the, some, if I'm trying to create some kind of certainty for this uncertain world, why don't I just go with the one that feels good, you know? And trust that I'm strong enough to handle whatever comes through. I'm going to be, we just are. We're all in the moment. You're going to know how to react to what you need to react to. But if you're going to put energy into thinking one thing, why not think the one that just makes your whole body explode into confetti? (laughs) You know, (laughs) like (laughs) truly. Yeah, for sure. Pump yourself there. There's so much power. Like we have so much power into how much joy and excitement and amazingness we can experience in this lifetime. This makes me think of when you and me were doing this exercise, like a year, two years, whenever we started this (laughs) podcast ago, I was like, it was, uh, I learned this through a, I went to this like two day coaching situation and, one of the things that they were saying to help you pump yourself up and get excited about building your business was like, okay, sit with your, to, to with someone, anyone, it can be like your co-founder, it can be a friend or whatever. And then just look at each other and then start like saying all the things that you want to see happen as if they've already happened. So it's like, Paula, I'm so excited that, isn't it amazing how pretty mental is, you know, Winning an Oscar,
0: winning (laughs) a (laughs) podcast, winning a a a Grammy.
1: (laughs) I don't know. And then Paula would look back to me and be like, Yeah, and isn't it exciting how your breathwork practice is doing so amazing? And you just have like a line out the door for people coming to do breathwork. And I'm like, And isn't it exciting that you have people are just coming into your therapy practice and you know, you're waking them up to their own spirits and their own strength in this lifetime? And isn't it exciting? And just like, doing that kind of thing like just speaking to each other about each other's <laughs> yeah. goals in this life and, and yeah. we literally got so excited we were like I don't even know what's <laughs> yeah. real and what's not
0: I'm getting excited right now <laughs> I am like, I feel like I'm on the fucking red carpet I need to take is a it break is it exciting <laughs> that we're bajillionaires <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh this private jet right outside my house <laughs> and and I'm like you can literally like y'all make just make this stuff up like there there is some power in being there's a lot of power. If you can ground yourself and be idealistic in your worldview and just like move forth with that excitement, it moves so much energy. It moves so much energy. That's why motivational speakers, we're like glued to people who are like, just like body, mind, spirit, soul, cells, everything in it, believing it. Like think about, fuck, what's his name? And Tony, I keep Robbins. Trying, Tony Robbins. I always want to call him Anthony Bourdain. Like, I know, trust me, I know who Anthony <laughs> Bourdain is. He's my my husband in another or lifetime. Even,
0: even Joel Osteen. I'm not yeah. even, as I said, I don't, I'm not a religion person. I'm more spiritual, but I, I'll listen to Joel Osteen all day just because he's so excited. <laughs> Everything <laughs> that he's, I mean, and the things he's saying make sense. Even, you don't even have to tie it back to religion, but it's exactly what you're talking about. And- yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here wondering why we don't feel the freedom to do that or why we don't give ourselves permission to do that. And I think it goes back to vulnerability, It only goes back to vulnerability. It goes back to fear of vulnerability. You know, I, I'm, I had this experience. I don't know how many of you guys out listeners had this experience, but I hear so many people reflect this back to me of being in school and, not wanting to say you had a good, you got a good grade on your test because then if you didn't get a good grade on your test, you'd be less disappointed than if you said, yeah, I got a good grade, I did awesome, and then you didn't. It's that little space of vulnerability that a lot of us learn to try to avoid, or even the ex- or joy. As much as we think we want joy, and Brene Brown talks about this, as much as we think we want joy, there's a vulnerability to joy or it doesn't have to be like you said that. Let me think of the best case scenario and believe that I'm strong enough to handle. If that's not what happens, that's how you kind of vaccinate yourself not to bring that word in, but immune, make yourself immune to that space of vulnerability. You don't have to go into vulnerability necessarily. Let me just pop pop in there real quick
1: and take it one step further. Just saying when we call in the best case scenario, that's where trust and surrender comes in that whatever happens is literally the best case scenario. You know what I mean? Even if like, if you're like, Oh, I don't fucking like this. It's like, cause I don't know what on, was on the other side. I know, I know spirit is here to give me exactly what I need. Mm-hmm. I had a friend the other day who said a, a prayer and I'm just like obsessed with it. I say it all the time now. He was like, Thank you for all the experiences we've had, all the experiences we're having, and all the ones that we didn't. Like, what? Yes. Thank you for all the ones that we didn't. Thank you. Thank you for that thing <laughs> that I thought was a blessing and is actually, and, and I thought was going to be a blessing, but you didn't even give that to me because I know that was not for me. Like, truly, when you start believing in this stuff, you pump yourself up. Now you'll see you guys, now y'all see why it's, I literally like, <laughs> you're, like, you're going to start losing, you're going to start losing your breath. <laughs> if I was a speaker, don't fucking put me on one of these TEDx stages. My ass will be running around in circles <laughs> and like doing jumping jacks everywhere. Um,
0: yeah, I, this is real. Mm-hmm. W- whether you want to be a skeptic or not, if you want to, if you want to feel better, it, it comes. Do you want to feel better? Mm-hmm. Do you want to feel better? And there's many layers to it. We know we gotta address trauma. We gotta re- help reprogram the subconscious mind. But there's a inviting in this kind of practice into your daily life is a way to start building momentum towards that process. And part of it has to do with letting go of our subconscious fears of joy.
1: Mm. We're afraid of joy, Paula? What do you mean?
0: Elaborate. Yeah, it goes kind of back to that test Mm -hmm. metaphor that a lot of people say this. When things are going well, they're afraid to let themselves really feel that because they start waiting for the other shoe to drop there's all there's that part that skeptic part in the back of our mind that's like mm mm, mm this is going too well i'm not going to let myself fully i can't feely full i can't full, feel into this fully because there's a vulnerability there and guys back to that word people are afraid that if they the moment that we are in a state of joy we're not in we're not braced we're not defensive. We're not scanning the room, mm-hmm. and these are all survival skills that we have, m- in many ways, experienced and been convinced of, and, and evolutionarily relied on to survive. Mm-hmm. And when you when you're joyful, you're, you're not doing any of those things. So it's a shift in the human operating system because we we have we. Have evolved to become overly defiant on that survival, or overly reliant on that survival response. and it requires surrendering some of it consciously in order to open up space for joy to come in.
1: I believe that joy is our that that that's like that's our soul that's our spirit. When we go back to who we're, who we really are, it's, it's joy. There's a lot of joyful energy there. And I think about what I used to do when I would get in conversations with people who were committed to their sadness, their anger, you know, those just lower frequency energies. And I, I was afraid that in order that I wouldn't be able to connect with them unless I, I went down to there. So then I would like get myself a little more, you know, just not as happy as my spirit wants to be. And I would talk to them and then I would leave those (laughs) situations feeling just so drained. And I made the commitment to myself. I will never abandon myself. Like I'm just done with it. I'm done abandoning myself. I'm done. And part of that means I'm done abandoning my joy. And I decided that no matter what, I was gonna stay at my natural frequency and either y'all could come up and meet me or you don't, you know, just fall away. And that's fine. That's fine, but then at that point also, I give myself full responsibility of my energy, and I give others responsibility of their energy. And now I can't blame them when I walk away from a situation that now I feel worse. I stay where I'm at, and you come up, or you know what I mean.
0: And oh, Deen, I, want you to, I want you to start wearing fe- f- fairy wings
1: <laughs> to this Stop. podcast. Don't try me. <laughs> Don't even. I made myself into a fairy. I did. I made myself and your,
0: your emoji. <laughs>
1: Oh, my emoji. Oh no, I should though. No, into a painting. Like I made. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's super cool. It's, I love it. Do you want to show,
0: are you ready to show
1: our pretty mental family? Viewers? No, yeah. because I'm naked.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was a, a photo shoot, a photo shoot, not like a professional one, but
0: with a friend in Joshua tree. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. Did I well see? I saw one I saw one of the pictures you posted one of the pictures to your Instagram one of them is From on Instagram. Your naked pictures your Instagram. one of my nudes
1: is out in the bu- public <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I I there was another one that's so beautiful if I do say so myself I look like a native like pure Native American just the way that it is and I cut myself out into like many many me's and I put myself on this large piece of paper and put fairy wings on each one and it is super cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: it's super cool. Many, many me's
1: And naked fairy Valentinas. <laughs> all over. over. <laughs> Don't come to my apartment if you're not ready to see me in my full authenticity. I'll tell you that right now. It's another conversation we need to have because that did I talk about it was the nudist colony situation that I was in. You went to a nudist colony? Did I never talk about that on this podcast? No. Well, it wasn't no. like a nudist colony officially, I believe, but I went to, fuck, there was another thought that I was going to tie you'll do, you'll, you'll tie in my thoughts under this. I trust you. <laughs> but I, yeah, I went to a, um, I went to a Joshua tree. I went to Joshua tree and it, I swear I talked about this and Mm-mm. there was a sign people listening are going to be like, She's repeating the same story or maybe not, but there was a sign that said, if you don't want to see, or if you're not comfortable with nudity, don't come in the pool. There was this huge pool in the middle of this giant land where there was a bunch of different houses. And we, you know, I looked up and it was really, really hot. It was, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to do it, but it was really hot at night and we didn't have a powerful AC system in our place. I was like, there's only one way to cool off, and it's by jumping in that pool. And I don't want to be the only bikinied person. And, but not even that. That wasn't really more so. I was like, you know what? I want to like test my own comfort zone with this nudity thing. Like all these people are doing it. I kind of want to do it. And I did it fully naked, fully just hanging out at the pool, having regular, no. con- <laughs>
0: regular conversations. Definitely. i not shared this story. Yeah. As I'm saying it now, <laughs> I'm
1: like, I don't remember. I'm getting a little like my throat. I'm like, should I be telling the story? It is what it is. Yeah. 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 Totally. I, see, I'm still even like trying my own comfort zone with nudity and sexuality and all of that, of how open I can Authentic. be.
0: Authentic. Yeah, and no.
1: And it's such there, a, like, I'm, like, we've tabooed I, these subjects with shame and it's like, there's so much power when we tap into to sexual energy and to nudity into our naked bodies. <sighs> Why are we shaming this? Why are we suppressing this? If we're suppressing that, it's touching other parts of our lives. We, it's all connected. We can't believe that if we hide these certain parts and we have shame only over these certain parts that we can thrive in all the others. The more we free ourselves in all these spaces, the more liberated we can holistically be. And so I'm. this is, I'm sitting there. And I'm like, this is interesting. Everyone around me, like this doesn't feel sexual at all. We're all naked, just chilling out, hanging out, talking, having regular conversations and it felt not sexual at all. And then it made me think of when you go to Europe and you see people starting to drink at like 13 and it's not something crazy and they can, you know, they're like, oh, I've been having wine since I was this age. So I don't abuse it now at this age at 21 or Mm -hmm. whatever the legal age is here. And it's the same thing with nudity. It's like when you're comfortable with your, Nudity, you stop sexualizing bodies and you stop sexualizing yourself. Mm. I felt so
0: free. I didn't- Ooh, you know what's interesting? I, Mm. and not to cut you off. No, please do. I'm too excited and it's going to keep going. (laughs) (laughs) I was listening to this artist this morning talk about her work on a podcast. I forgot the artist's name. Sorry guys, but she was- she creates these pieces that she creates these pieces of art that are referencing the female form, but they don't look like the female form. They're kind of like stuffed canvases and she paints on them and in essentially creating these alive organisms that are the canvas, they each have a different shape. They each have a different, Essence, some of them wilt, some of them don't. And so they have volume to them. They're to her, they're like bodies. And she was talking about in speaking of her work, she she was talking about how because women are so sexualized, we have almost we have lost touch with our living, breathing bodies that it almost, it takes getting it in its raw form almost to really feel the aliveness of that body. And that's something that I've felt on psychedelics. I remember when I was in Colorado, sitting on the sand dunes and on the, on those mushrooms. And I looked down at my body and I could see all the little cells, how alive it was how hard it's been working my whole life. And I could feel that it was just a part of nature. It was one and the same with nature. And when you can get in touch with your body from that angle, sexuality is just a natural function. It's not this tabooed, um, what's the word? Not perverse. Fetish—it's not f- this tabooed fetishized mm-hmm. type of tool. Mm-hmm. It's just an alive, breathing organism like this plant next to me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, when we can get in touch with our body from that angle, it definitely helps peel away the layers of conditioning. Uh, so that much that keep us that keep us trapped in fear of looking right and or looking wrong. Yes. Or. Yeah what's appropriate or what isn't about our bodies but I mean it does it's such a nuanced conversation because it would require kind of it would it would have to be a a team effort of all society y'all swear not to look at me in a sexual way if I walk down these streets (laughs) naked (laughs) yeah I mean at this point it would have to be such a team effort because just because we're on this journey of consciousness and relating to our organism in this way does not mean that there's not millions of other more people who are not
1: right so right.
0: we also have to keep ourselves safe as we yeah engage in this liberation
1: yeah god but, I'm i want to take mean, there's so many things that i want to add to this and i'm like that's gonna be a whole nother podcast so let me breathe oh four 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 don't try me y'all <laughs> that's what my phone just said I'm going to need everyone who yep, yep. listens to this on audio to just listen to watch our YouTube videos because I feel like now we're going to make so many references to the visuals.
0: I know. I, we've always been trying to, but now we have them. <laughs> um, But yeah. Yeah. Spirituality and healing. It And using our voice definitely powers up the process.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another beautiful conversation from the pretty mental sisters. <laughs> you guys got to see the, the, you see how dark I am now?
0: Yeah. That's why, that's why I have a light now. So i I'm it's, like, I have to take this into my own hands. I can't, Yeah, I can't, I can't be, I can't be a victim to the setting of the sun. I <laughs> am right now the light moving across my face. And let me, this let is, me make this, this is, you know, Back to the balance conversation is creating stability for ourselves and some predictability so that we can feel free. Right. I know it's just a light, but even so, if if those kinds of parameters are are accounted for, then there's more freedom to just focus in on the conversation and let it flow however it flows.
1: Exactly. We have to end this conversation immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Because the light. Um, Yeah, I feel like we got a good, I didn't even see what time we started recording, so I don't even know how long this is. Are we good? Are we at a good ending point?
0: Yeah, I would say so. I would say so.
1: Amazing. I really want to dive into this topic of sexuality even deeper because I have so much
0: to say. So much to say. About it. Oh, you you guys will have to tune back in for a follow-up. Unpacking sexuality. Mm-hmm. That's a never-ending conversation. That's a big one. Reclaiming
1: our sexuality for total liberation. Podcast title.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm down to explore that conversation with you. Amazing. You Tune back in whenever we have that one.
1: Okay. We love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Los queremos mucho. Los queremos mucho.
0: Be kind to yourselves out there and And remember that all parts of you are welcome here. We love you. Peace out. Bye. Bye.